um, everybody has full confidence in him. I mean, you saw how the team reacted on that run, and we thought we had it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Extra Yard with Augustina Brestar. I am super excited for this week because we have two guests with us, um, both first-timers on this podcast, but they are podcasters themselves, so some experienced pros with me today. Um, so we have Zach Silva and Virtus Wilson. Zach, Virtus, welcome to the Extra Yard. Thank you. Thank you. Good Thank to you be for having us. Thank you for you're having more, us. You're the veteran podcaster here. We're the rookies. So Definitely the rookies. <laughs> Zach and Virtus, but you guys have had two episodes released. Their show is called The Three-Headed yep. Goats. Right, the three-headed. Yes, goats. and our third member is Gabe. He is our main editor, so he's he's all our behind-the-scenes work. So yeah, we appreciate that's the third people. goat. The third goat. Oh yeah, appreciate it. Um, so let's see. We just finished divisional rounds in the NFL. Super exciting. Moving on to conference championships. Um, this is kind of a time of the year where I just get kind of sad because <laughs> there's less football on <laughs> and honestly i don't know what to do with myself yeah. it's really unfortunate um no red zone that's the worst no red zone i know it's like i paid for nfl sunday ticket and now i'm at the point where i don't really get to use it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are so we're wow we're a couple weeks away from the super bowl which is kind of crazy well a little over yeah. two but I want to just, I guess, decompress all of those games, all four of them that we watched last weekend. And then we're going to move on to the two games that we have this weekend. Super interesting that they're just week six rematches. We've already seen these. Um, but I think they're going to look a lot different this time around. Yeah. Before we get into that, I think we need to talk about your guys' podcast first. And how you have these super fun, cool nicknames. So, let's see. Zach, yours was Swaggy Z. <laughs> and then Virtus. Yes. So, tell the people. Virtus, explain, explain your name. So, back in college, uh, me and some of, my, some of my buddies would call the woman Sheep. <laughs> So we, we had a code name for women, which was Sheeps. And they used to always say, oh, V, you got all Sheeps. So I just happened to make, it just kind of stuck with me. So V got Sheeps. It pretty much means that I had a lot of women, <laughs> or so they say. Um, so, wait, I actually am happy I heard this because when I first heard it on your pod the first episode of your podcast I don't think you explained it at all so I just I thought it was a political statement <laughs> 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 see this is an exclusive for all your listeners because even ours haven't heard the meaning behind first. it yet so this is a first wait that's funny okay so with that Virtus, Zach and I were talking before you <laughs> hopped onto our little Zoom call here. And your goal by the end of the podcast recording is to come up with a fun nickname for me. Okay. Okay. I told her you, you can get some good ones off the top, so you should have one. Okay. But you have like a good hour or so to think about it. We have we have gotcha. to get it at the end. So then 
It'll be like my podcast name won't be The Extra Yard with Augustina Breastar. It'll be <laughs> The Extra Yard with insert nickname Virtus comes up with there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a monumental day. V, you better get um, it. <laughs> a lot of pressure. <laughs> All right. So before we get started, we gotta we're going to dive into the first game. And people need to know, Virtus, you're a Rams fan, correct? Correct. Okay, so I'm not even going to talk crap because (laughs) (laughs) we know what happened a couple weeks ago. Um, But we're going to talk about the Rams and Green Bay. Really, my main takeaway from this game was, is Green Bay the most complete team going into the conference championships? Because, you know, with Mahomes being hurt, I don't know. I wasn't super impressed by Tampa Bay, and I also wasn't super impressed by Buffalo, by Green Bay. They they looked really good. What do you guys think? Well, yeah. I mean, judging by the way Devontae Adams was getting open against the best corner in the league, it was pretty impressive to watch. And just that defense handled the Rams – pretty handedly the whole game like cam Akers went off against seattle and didn't do much against green bay so i think you're right i think they're the most complete team and it was crazy because during the year i didn't think they were that good like green bay always just like coasts i feel like till they hit the playoffs and then they turn it into another year and that's what i felt like happened this year like i didn't think they were that good and all of a sudden like week 15 16 they just turn it on and then in the playoffs rogers does what he does Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like Green Bay is a complete team. Um defense was was locked in. Um Aaron Rodgers was able to kind of make plays happen. Um even after a broken play, like the kind of improvised and was still able to hit the receivers um, or gain a little bit of yards um, rushing. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like they are probably one of the most complete teams that are left um, in, in the play, in the Super Bowl contention, for sure. And on our podcast, Virtus did say that the winner of that Rams-Packers game would win the Super Bowl. So he had to have thought the Packers were pretty good. No, it was just subconscious bias. He was hoping it was the Rams, and then the Rams. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I was definitely hoping it was Rams, but but I did say it would be the Rams or the Packers. But I said that they would play in the NFC Championship. I didn't even think that they were going to play. That's this true. was before I found out that they would be playing each other. Um, so yeah, so I feel like definitely Devontae Adams was able to um, get open. Um, I just feel like if they plan to, they plan to if they plan to beat the Bucks, um, they just gotta kind of find a way to get him open because once he's open, he's unstoppable once he gets the yeah. ball. Mm-hmm. So if he gets a little bit of separation, Rogers is just gonna put it there, and he's gonna trust. He's gonna put his trust in Devontae Adams and catch on ball. So mm-hmm. it's definitely um, they they got a really good team, really good team. Yeah. Um, one thing, I mean. Devontae Adams is great, don't get me wrong. But something that I've been writing 
since I'd say halfway through the season is how good LaFleur has been for that offense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we saw it this game again. The way his offensive scheme is just spectacular, and especially in the red zone, right? Mm-hmm. I basically convinced myself that whenever the Packers get in the red zone, they're going to score a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. Storyline of this game, though, Aaron Donald, right? I Last week yeah. on the podcast, I talked about how it's really a matchup of the Aarons, which one is going to come out and win the game. And it's kind of hard to n- tell, right? Aaron Donald injured. Granted, I think yeah. even if he's healthy, I'm not convinced the outcome of the game would have been different. I do think it would have been mm-hmm. a lot closer, though. Yeah. I definitely feel like it probably would have been closer too, because um, there was a lot of snaps. It was actually a couple of series where he just wasn't in at all. Um, yep. And I just feel like with with him not being in, um, it kind of takes a, a huge weight off the shoulders of the O line, so they don't really have to kind of scheme around him. They're just able to pretty much just go out there and do what they're supposed to do. Um, and then something too that that's really unique with him is. He never stays in one one spot on the D line. He's constantly rotating to different spots. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like roulette for the most part for the offensive line because they don't know who he's going to line up against until the actual um, play begins. But yeah, I feel like that definitely played a huge part in um, the outcome. Um, I do feel like it probably would have been a little bit closer uh, with him um, healthy. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Going into this game, I said the matchup I was looking forward to most was McVay against LaFleur. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that matchup underperformed. I don't I don't know what word I'm looking for here. No, but it was for sure. I mean was, I mean that yeah. two point conversion play by McVay, you guys know what I'm yeah, talking that about. Was a good play. I thank goodness I was in my apartment alone, but I yelled so loud because it was just like, <laughs> ah! but then I had on Twitter, of course, it was everyone saying, like, look, he did this two years ago. It's not even that new. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you think the future for the Rams looks like, Virtus? Um, I feel like the future... I feel like the future is... I feel like the Rams have... They have a good chance, but they definitely need to figure out this quarterback situation. I feel like the the defense, the defense is is going to hold their own, but it's more so the offense. If the if the defense is stopping, but the offense aren't putting points on the board and constantly turning the ball over, then it's going to be very tough for the Rams to pretty much do. Because I mean, if you think about it, Jared Goff had I don't know how many turnovers and how many of them were actually like in in field great field position for the other team. So it's like, even if the defense stops them, they can still get a field goal. So that's still points that's going against um, us. So I I feel like they got to figure out a way. I mean, they kind of already have idea of the running back situation, the receiver situation. They kind of already have that kind of set defense. um, I feel like defense is pretty set. So it's really just the quarterback. So once they figure out this quarterback situation, I feel like that's going to, be the the tell of uh, what's going to pretty much go forward, what's going to happen going forward. Yeah. Um, I've said it 
so many times before, and I'm going to say it again, the Rams, they remind me of the 49ers of two seasons ago in the sense that, you know, spectacular defense, really, really great young head coach. But the quarterback position is just so mediocre. The 49ers, it worked for them. The Rams, it didn't. I think it's also because it's just, I mean, in the span of a year, the way that the offenses in this league just skyrocketed, I think it's a testament to that. But, yeah, I think it goes to show that quarterback position is so important. And especially, I mean, maybe not, but, I mean, in that their division, right, you have Russell Wilson and – I mean, <laughs> the 49ers, who knows? But, <laughs> yeah, so, it, I, yes. I got a, a wild card here. Right. I just thought of this. Now, what do you think of Alex Smith going to L.A.? I just randomly thought, hmm, Washington may not want him, but do you think he could sustain that quarterback position for them with those? With nah. I feel like I feel like being in the NFC, you need a quarterback that's you need a quarterback that's somewhat mobile. And Jared Goff is not that. Jared Goff is literally a pocket passer, <laughs> and the NFL is 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 moving away from that. If you think about the it, only one that does that is New England. Yeah, yeah, New England. And I mean, shit. Yeah, and I was I would say New England's probably the only one that can kind of that that'll work for, but. For the most part, now everybody, every quarterback can, if they need to, they can get out and run. And Jared Goff, he's he 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 can't do that. I mean, he he can get a couple yards here and there, but it has to be like extremely wide open. He's not putting his himself in harm's way at all. And I feel like if he, if your quarterback isn't isn't willing to kind of put their their neck out there for the team, like you might have to figure something out because. Look at Walford. Walford was out there yeah. running, and and it worked to our advantage because people weren't expecting our quarterback to run. Mm-hmm. But when you have Jared Goff in there, it's like okay, you don't have to really worry about him running. You don't need a quarterback spot. You can just pretty much go at him, and he's gonna collapse. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think there's a quarterback that isn't like that, and we're gonna see him this weekend. And it's probably just because he's old, but. We'll talk about Tom him later. Brady. Tom Brady, for sure. Um, I don't. He's lost all his mobility, and he seems to be doing just fine in Tampa Bay. So who knows? But <laughs> when they played against the Saints, the second game, uh, the, the second time they played the Saints, it was they just got after him so much. Like they mm-hmm. they they gave so many blitzes to where he literally could not he could not do anything. Even when the Rams played him, like they just kept blitzing, 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 and he. He just kept just getting off the ground because either a he would he would it would be a lot of quarterback pressures quarterback hurries and he would get the ball away but it wouldn't be a great pass or whatever he maybe check down to like a two three yard pass um, but it was they were constantly on him um, being a quarterback you get hit a certain amount of times like you're gonna want to get that ball out of your hands a lot faster than. Than, than you than you want um, because you see somebody coming towards you and you're like, all right, I don't want to get hit. Let me just do whatever I got to do to get this ball out of my hands so I don't get hit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, I feel like Tom – but Tom Brady, he has been in the league for quite some time, and he has 
like he has a sixth sense to where even if you see mm-hmm. somebody coming off the edge that might be coming from his blind side, he kind of already has that clock in his head like, okay, I need to let this ball go. Whereas with Jared Goff, I feel like that 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 clock is broke because he never <laughs> he never like I don't know, he just he just feels like he has so much time back there and he if they're coming from the blind side, he's definitely fumbling. If, if there's no there's nothing no doubt about it. They're gonna club it and the ball's gonna come out. Um but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough. All right, well, that was way more time than I wanted to spend talking about the Rams. Uh, probably more time than I've spent talking about the Rams this whole season. But you know what? we had a special test on, so we had to do it. All this to say, Green Bay, I think going into the weekend, this coming weekend, I'm not too worried about them. Not too worried. It was an impressive win. It was an impressive win. Really, I think it was a testament to how they schemed against the Rams defense. You know, this yeah. and this was mm-hmm. a debate that went on in one of my fantasy football group chats, uh, which was just ridiculous. Uh, but someone had said, no, the Rams defense just played bad. No, they didn't play bad. Actually, Green Bay's offense just out-schemed them. And they did it. They did a very nice job. So moving on to the next game, Saturday, we had Baltimore and Buffalo. Extremely low-scoring game. I can't believe Baltimore put up three points. Um, But also, Justin Tucker missed a million field goals. Like, the most accurate field goal kicker. Tragic. And then we saw that Lamar Jackson pick six, which was just, I think, that kind of sealed the deal. But a really interesting stat to me was that Buffalo rushed the ball twice in the first half. (laughs) Um, And I'm not super opposed to it. I don't know. What did you guys think about this game? Was it everything you expected it to be? Was it just terribly boring for you? I thought it was going to be a lot more of a uh, marquee game. Like, I thought it would be higher scoring. I know both teams had a pretty good defense, but for Baltimore to not – put up what they did the week before like I don't know it was just Buffalo is to me is the team to beat like they are just they've been rolling all season Josh Allen Diggs like Stefan I mean he's got the biggest chip on his shoulder in the league because the Vikings didn't want him and he said all right I'll go lead the league in yards and touchdowns and just dominate so I think that game did not live up to the hype but the team that I thought would win definitely won and their business but yeah i thought buffalo would put up at least like 25 or so and i thought it would be like a 24 21 something like that just a few touchdowns here and there i mean not 17 to 3 with basically 7 to 3 the whole game almost yeah i felt like that game was kind of boring honestly Mm -hmm. um i was expecting you have two two quarterbacks that can both throw, but they can also use their legs and kill a defense. And that's what I was expecting. I was expecting both Lamar Jackson and um, fuck, why am I? Josh Allen. I was, I was expecting both of them to have at least like 80 plus rushing yards with at least two touchdowns each rushing. Like I was expecting 
like big plays and like I don't know I just it just seems like the Ravens just they put they put everything that they had in the last game mm-hmm. um so then when it came time for the bills uh, I just feel like they just weren't yeah I don't know I just feel like they they gave they gave their all um in the in the previous game so when they played the bills it was kind of just like fizzled out already um and then when when Lamar got hurt, it just kind of seemed like everybody kind of like gave up. Like, oh, like our Superman is not Superman is out. Like, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. Type of thing. See, I wanted Lamar to come back out, you know, like he did in that. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to too. <laughs> I wanted it so bad, um, but of course, it didn't happen. I think something that I was thinking about this week was, you know, we saw Baltimore after that Steelers game, they put up 34 points, 47 points, Mm -hmm. 40 points, 27 points, and then 38 points. You know, it seemed like their offense had finally figured out, but is it really just the defenses they played, right? So they played the Cowboys, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Giants, and then the Bengals. I, I feel like we were just played, you know, I'm I'm not super convinced Baltimore's offense figured it out at that point. I'm just convinced they played bad defenses. And yeah. and I mean, Mark Ingram was a healthy scratch for like the last few games. Like, mm-hmm. why not try to take advantage of him? He's a pretty good running back. Yeah. I don't know. This game, it was – I'm sad. I really wanted Baltimore to win um, for reasons we'll talk about eventually when we talk about the games this weekend. But I really thought Baltimore was really the team in the AFC that could beat Kansas City. And I wanted to see that rematch because their defense has looked a lot better than it did that first game they played in the season. Now I'm bummed we don't get to see that. But Buffalo won't be a terrible game, of course. So let's move on to the next game. Oh, my gosh. Cleveland and Kansas City. I This game was interesting. I didn't think ever that Cleveland had a shot at winning. <laughs> um, hey, that was my team. That was my team I had going all the way. Yeah, so I was going to say, are you, you're you a Vegas fan, right, Raiders? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been a Raiders fan since I was little, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, well, my uncle's a big Browns fan. Grew up in Ohio, so he's—I felt his pain for a while. See, I'm happy for them. Good for Browns fans, I suppose. Um, but I kind of thought this team just got way too much hype going into the game. You're, True. The like the number of people I heard who picked Cleveland to win was just kind of just. I felt like it was disrespectful. It was disrespectful yeah. to Andy Reid. It was disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You know, like the list goes on and on and on. Um, yeah. But so, at any point, did you guys think the Browns could have won this game? Once Mahomes got hurt, I thought they could come back and win mm-hmm. because they were they had the momentum there and the defense was playing pretty well. And then Baker was – on a roll like where he catches fire. So I definitely thought they could take advantage of that, but clearly yeah. they didn't. Zach, my guests aren't allowed to talk about momentum. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm sorry. so anti-momentum. <laughs> 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 um, no, that's actually funny. 
Yeah. You'd like my uh, grad school professor because he his like thesis was on the fact that momentum doesn't exist scientifically. So like in in the, in the NFL in sports. Yeah, because it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> um, no, I would agree that was probably the only time where I was like, oh my gosh, like are they actually going to lose this game? But then I would have been the person who was like, well, it was a fake win for the Browns because they didn't have Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, but where I think we need to go with this is for the longest time, I think we've all thought, you know, the Chiefs are who they are because they have Patrick Mahomes. But really the Chiefs are who they are because they have Patrick Mahomes and all these other guys also don't mm-hmm. forget their head coach is Andy Reid, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and really, I think, that last play with Chad Henney. I mean, did anyone think they were actually going to run a play there? You know, fourth and I, one. Honestly, I did because it's Andy Reid and it was fourth and one and the game's on the line. Like, you know you have a good defense. Mm-hmm. You got me back there and yeah. Chris Jones on the D line. Like, I figured, okay – out of timeouts, Andy Reid might try to run, you know, a sneak or a handoff and try to get this first down just to seal the game. So mm-hmm. I, I thought it was, I thought it could happen. It's interesting that he actually went through with it, but yeah, I, I'm all about like going for two. And when you got fourth and one, you know, in the playoffs, like I'm all about just going all out. So mm-hmm. I was, I thought he might, but the play he ran was pretty, pretty ballsy to run that type of play. Because yeah. that could have easily been taken back for a pick six with that little out route. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, the thing that I think is super interesting is, well, for me, <laughs> okay, this is saying a lot. I'm always a go for it on fourth and one person. Like, you could be on your own five-yard line, and I'd be like, go for it. <laughs> um, no, probably not that situation. But something I was talking about with some of my friends was, like, damn, I don't know if I'd go for it here, you know? And that says a lot because they did go for it. <laughs> and yeah, I, I thought they were just going to try to like draw them off sides. I didn't think they were going to actually go because how much time was left? Was it about to? Was it there was like a minute? minute. Mm-hmm. There was like a minute left, I think. Okay. Like yeah, I, yeah. I honestly thought they were just going to try to draw them off sides and then like call a timeout and like punt. Because you see how many teams do that. Um, so I honestly thought that's what was going to take place. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting them that actually run a play but the play that they ran was super effective because you have Tariq Hill who's one of the fastest people in the NFL and was he was he kicked in motion they no. what happened was they were in a bunch and they had like Travis Kelsey and oh yeah like on the outs they kind of like hid Tyreek yeah and he ran a little out like out drag route and the Mm -hmm. other two ran like streaks or posts or whatever yeah like, something to kind of so get them off the line smart, yeah. yeah it was a pretty smart play because they pretty much hid Tyreek behind well, and, all. and to me like how do you not key on the offense's biggest weapon mm-hmm. on the biggest play of the game like I mean but you can't really say that because Travis Kelsey is also a huge weapon. true yeah true so that's the I will say Dan Orlowski did a great um I guess, breakdown of this play. And really what it was, was Tyreek. It was one simple step, right? Yeah. He had his defender going with him. And then all it took was him to juke about with just one little side jab, you know? Mm-hmm. And then 
all of a sudden, you know, it's Tyreek Hill, so he was free. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> um, yeah. But, yes, so we're eventually going to preview the game for this weekend, and, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the odds of the Chiefs winning, they're basically doubled if Patrick Mahomes plays. I think it's, like, 60% if he plays. That makes sense. 30% if he doesn't play. But, really, we need to look at this team as a whole. Uh, before we move on from this game, I think this slightly controversial, always controversial, whenever it happens, it happens so rarely, though. The touchback rule. Hate it or love it? <laughs> oh, man. Don't get me started on that. Let me tell you, the Raiders have had a history with this rule. <laughs> I can't, you know, Derek Carr, love the guy. The guy lays out on every run in the red zone. With the ball on the inside hand and gets it hit out 90% of the time. So that's happened to the Raiders a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely hate the rule. I think, like, I, I know you should protect the ball, but, like, on, you know, that changed the game. That could have been seven points and that would have, the Browns would have won the game. Like, if you fumble it in the end zone, the only time you don't get the ball back is when you fumble in the end zone. Like, it should be on the one yard line. Like, when there's pass interference in the end zone, it gets put to the one. Like, how are you hurting the offense on the only spot of the field where they get rewarded for getting there? Like, you know, if they fumble on the five-yard line and it goes out of bounds, they get the ball back. The Mm -hmm. defense doesn't get the ball back. Like, they get the defense gets the ball back when they fumble in the end zone. Like, I think it should be changed. Just give it back to them wherever they got hit when they fumbled. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I go back and forth about the rule. Because, I mean, biasly, Seattle has both benefited from this and we have not benefited from this. But it makes sense to me, right? Like, theoretically, you're in the most important part of the field. If you can't protect the damn ball, then that's on you, right? You don't need it. Um, Also, like, everyone knows the rule. It's not a secret. It's something that can be coached against happening. Well, the other thing, too, is that was a help. The defender led with the helmet. So technically, yeah, like could, Gene Serator was saying, that should have been a we could get unnecessary well. roughness call. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, in situations yeah. with like Derek Carr, you know, when you're reaching to try that, to touch yeah. out. I mean, and he reaches do- out with one hand, like yeah. he finally learned his lesson. So I, I see the point of like, you need to protect mm-hmm. the ball. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen the takes where it's like, okay, but if you put them on the one yard line, then like offenses are automatically like, they're just going to fumble on purpose through the end zone. Have you seen those takes? <laughs> well, I could see that, but then the other rule, the other part of that rule is if you fumble it forward into the end zone, I'm the only one that can recover. If I fumble, I'm the only one that can recover it. If another one of my players gets it, we get it back on the one because you can't advance the ball forward yeah. in the end zone on a fumble so that's the counter argument to those mm-hmm. takes like well if they fumble it the Raiders were the team that did this the fumble Ruski back then and that's why they outlawed the rule they mm-hmm. kicked it about 20 yards and in, into the end zone <laughs> um yeah it's 
it's such an it's a funny role to me because that happens so rarely like in comparison but when it does but when it does it, it just creates so much havoc among everyone yeah. They're like, and it's always in like the big games like it's never in like week one or two mm-hmm. it's like in week 15 or the playoffs where they yeah. these are game-changing plays mm-hmm. because if you think about it it's like everybody's trying to fight for that inch. Everybody's trying to fight for that inch. So yep. with him, like, I get it. Like, he's trying to, like, he, he he's trying to score, put his team up. And it's like, if you, I, I feel like if, if you can't, like, like Augustine said, if you can't, if you can't protect the ball, like, you, you, you shouldn't have it. Like, it should go to the other team. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you fumble it in the end zone, like, I mean, if somebody else falls on it, what is that supposed to be a touchdown? No, like, that that can't be a touchdown. At, at that point, it's just anybody could just do it. Anybody could just fumble the ball just so somebody else could jump on the ball and it's considered a touchdown. But I do feel like I – don't, I don't know if it's, like, needs to be coached or what. Like, I, I get it. Like, you're trying to fight for yardage, but you need to also understand, like, if you're going to be diving for the pylon, Dive towards the outside of the pylon. As long as you touch right. the pylon, it's a touchdown regardless. That's true. Don't dive towards the inside of the field because if it if it gets if if you fumble and it goes in the end zone and goes out goes out of bounds, then you don't have the ball. But if you go on the outside of the pylon and it fumbles, it's already out of bounds, so it's going to be the ball. So I feel like it just really depends on kind of kind of like the situation and how how they how they do it. I think it was even Henry Ruggs on a kickoff. Yeah, he, like, stepped out of bounds. Like, no, mm-hmm. not a lot of players do that. Like, that that's right there just shows how much, how much, um, like how high his IQ is, his football IQ is. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he should have Higgins should have just tried to reach toward because the the defender came from the, his left side, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he came in from the left. Yeah. yeah so if you would if you would have dove towards the outside of the pylon. We probably wouldn't even be talking about this because they probably would have put up at least, at least three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Zach brought it up. It's in- we can talk about the touchback all we want, but I mean, really, there was helmet to helmet there, and yeah, true. The Chiefs benefited from that um, tremendously. Um, moving on because we're running out of time for this segment. We can just talk about this game super fast. New Orleans and Tampa Bay. I think there's one big storyline that we should address. Let's talk about Drew Brees. Um, <laughs> do we think it's time for Drew Brees to retire? Yeah. Yeah. That that injury against the Niners kind of did it for him. Those 11 punctured ribs or, or 11 broken ribs and a punctured lung. Yeah. Like, I think that had an impact on his arm strength coming back too, but. His arms clearly, I mean, the guy's played a great career and has thrown a lot every game he's played. So obviously your arm is going to lose its strength. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's time. And Michael Thomas, I mean, was playing injured just to try to get Breeze to the Super Bowl this year, Mm -hmm. like knowing it was his last go around. So it's not hard for me. My friends, they call me a Drew Brees apologist, which I am. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think it's also time for him to retire. Bertus, what do you think? I feel like it, it, it <clears throat> I feel like it is, but I just wanted him to, I just wanted to see him go like different circumstances. 
Like yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I feel like if he if he hadn't had got hadn't have gotten hurt early in the season, some of those passes that he made may have been thrown better. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> but I do feel like it is time because if you look at it, majority of the passes that he were throwing were just like super short passes. He, he didn't go. I don't think he went deep at all. And the one play did, they threw deep, they put in Jameis. Yeah. 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 So yeah, exactly. So the only play that they threw, and I think that might have been, yeah, that was the longest, the longest pass. By yeah. Time. Yeah, sir. Oh, yeah. Fifty-six yards for my man Jameis. <laughs> um, but let's talk about that. So my, <laughs> I thought it was funny. I mean, I don't really know what Tampa Bay's defense was doing on that play. Clearly, they just weren't smart. Like, you put in Javis, it's because Drew Brees can't throw the ball longer than 10 yards. So, why they weren't covering down the field, beyond me. But, I mean, let's just – so, you said you hate to see Drew Brees go this way. And Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the last five minutes of that game because it's something that was extremely frustrating for me. Sean Payton elects to leave Drew Brees in the game. At this point, Drew Brees had dr- thrown, oh, God, two interceptions already. Mm-hmm. We just saw Jameis, you know, a beautiful, deep touchdown pass. Just amazing. A great revenge touchdown that you love to see. And then he puts in Drew Brees in that last five <laughs> minutes. I, At that point, I had said they are accepting the L, right? Like, Sean Payton did I thought he would put Jameis in because you clearly have to score. Yeah, like if you're trying to win the game, you put Jameis in. You, I don't know why you would put Drew Brees in. And then he throws an interception. So it's like – And that one was – that was a bad It was so bad. And at that but, point, I was just like, you're clearly trying to help Drew Brees here, but you're just hurting him. And you're hurting your team. Like, it, it was just – I didn't like it. Vertis, did you like it? His favorite player, Jared Cook. I won't. I won't say that I like it, but I. But I kind of see why he left him in because okay, like he's done so much for the team, so much like he, he's put he he yeah he he put done so much for the team, and this is his potential last game of his career. Well, in potentially his career and and for sure at that arena. So it's like they wanted to like kind of have like a send off like okay like let's let's just kind of go out let let, let him just gunsling and see and see what he could do type of thing like let's just put it let's just this is our way of kind of like a I guess like a standing ovation type of type of thing. Mm-hmm. But like let's just kind of let him like go out like on his own terms type of thing. And I'm I mean I, I, I understand it. Um do I agree with it? I don't know. Especially when the game is still somewhat close and you can potentially try to come back. Um but yeah, I mean I feel like if he can't throw if he can't throw twenty yards, twenty, thirty yards, like you gotta figure something out. Yeah. It it makes sense. I I can't justify it. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause, I mean, we just saw Jameis do that. Yeah. I had tweeted during the game, like Jameis may have also thrown those three interceptions that Breeze threw. <laughs> um, but I think we also would have seen like three or four or five touchdowns as well. So probably. Anyways, we didn't talk about Tampa Bay at all, but that's fine because we're gonna talk about the two games this weekend. 
In the first one, we have the NFC Championship. But I want to start with the AFC Championship. So we have Kansas City and Buffalo. Again, we saw this week six. And really, I think the highlight of this game was Clyde Edwards-Alaire rushing for 161 yards. He had 26 carries. Patrick Mahomes played well, I mean, as he does. 21 for 26, two touchdowns and 225 yards. Um, and then we saw Josh Allen. I mean, not he didn't play terrible, but it was, like, not the Josh Allen we had seen all season. What are you guys looking forward to the, in this game? I'm looking forward to a high-powered offensive game, hopefully. I mean, it could be pretty electric out there. So I still think the Bills are going to come out on top. Just their defense and their offense, they're complete. And they're on a roll. Like Josh Allen is such a solid QB. And who knows, even if Mahomes plays, I mean, he could take one more hit and be out. He's dealing with like a foot injury too with the concussion and concussions are no joke. Like you can't mess around with those. So I just think Buffalo is going to be able to sneak by it. I think it'll be a close game. I'm hoping it's a close game because it'll be pretty fun to watch, but mm. I think Buffalo is just too, too good this year and they'll be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I... I feel like Buffalo, it really just depends. Quarterback, you have to you have to scheme a little different um, than if if Henny is quarterback. If Henny is quarterback, then they can kind of just play the same kind of defense that they have been playing. But with Mahomes, you have to take in consideration. Okay, this guy can like improvise so well. I mean, no, no, not taking anything away from Henny because um, he did show that he can like get there on like using his feet um and he can throw um besides interception they throw um but i do feel like the bills will have an easier an easier time if they go against henny um whereas if they go against Mahomes, it can be a little different i still pick the bills to win um just because i feel like if Mahomes is not fully there um, it, it's going to be tough. Just like Zach said, it is, it's not easy coming back from a concussion. Like, yeah, I get it. He ran back to the locker room and all that stuff. But at the end of the day in sports, if you get injured, the coaches are telling you to get up, run to the sideline, mm-hmm. act like nothing is wrong with you, even though something could be completely wrong with you. Mm-hmm. So that's all. Not only is it like a, a mechanism that kind of, Showed like show the other team that you're it's a possibility of you coming back, but it's also a mechanism used to keep your team in high spirits. That okay, well he's not injured, so we we can still pull this through type of thing. So yeah, I don't know. I'll separate myself from the group. I'm taking Kansas City in this game, no matter who plays at that quarterback okay. position. Um, I do think they have a better chance with Mahomes. Uh, than Henny, but that's probably a given. And I get, I take them based on what we saw in the last whatever mm-hmm. half of that quarter with Henny. Um, Andy Reid is going to be aggressive no matter what in this game. Um, sure. His, I mean, 
what him and Eric Bieniemy have going on. And can I just say, Eric Bieniemy should one hundred percent be a head coach. And he should have been a head coach three years ago. That's a fact. It's so frustrating. Um, but so what they have going on there, you know, you have Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I. I don't know. It 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 could go either way. I could see it going either way. I'm sticking with Kansas City because they were my Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the season. Um, but if they could get some type of run game going, I think that's one thing they have. You want to eat? Come on. Do you have a dog? Sorry. Yeah. I thought I muted. I thought I muted my mic. I'm dead. I'm not even going to edit that out. Okay. Um, I will say the one thing they have going for them also is if they can get some type of run game going. Um, Really, Buffalo had no run type of run game last time they played. And we'll see what they could have now. I kind of like the wide receiving or just maybe receiving core matchup that we have going on here um, between these two teams. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they're just unstoppable. So... Are you expecting Buffalo's defense to be able to slow down Kansas City? Um, I feel like they can. I feel like their defense can slow down Kansas City. Uh, I just, I just really feel like it all starts with the D line. Mm-hmm. So, if they can get to the quarterback, if they can, if they can get to the quarterback, then. They have a they have a shot. Um, now with the rushing um, or the the run defense, um, I feel like they can potentially do somewhat good because rushing last I think because uh, Elair didn't even play he was hurt, so I think they only had uh, Darius Williams and I think he had maybe like eighty yards rushing or something like that maybe a little bit less. Um, but yeah, I feel like. Is as long as the the run defense is is pretty pretty legit, I feel like it's gonna force they're they're almost pretty much forcing Kansas City to beat them passing. So if they can if they can make the game one dimensional, then they have a shot. Now if they can't and Kansas City is able to run a ball, which is then going to lead to play action, um, then mm-hmm. they're gonna have a tough time. But I feel like they definitely have to make the game one-dimensional. They cannot leave it up to the to the Chiefs to decide decide that. They have to pretty much let them know, okay, either A, you're just going to be able to run the ball on us, or you're only going to be able to pass it. But they cannot have it to where both are options. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think the other thing, especially, I mean, we with Cleveland, it's a great example you just have such little room for air when you are playing the Chiefs, especially mm-hmm. on the offensive side, right? Um, we saw how detrimental that touchback was. You know, if that doesn't happen, it's a completely different game. Can Buffalo's offense has very little room for air. So yeah. no pressure, Josh Allen, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, let's see. You guys are taking Buffalo. I'm taking Kansas City. Score predictions? Thoughts? Is it going to be close? 
Thirty-two, Kansas City. All right. So then we have the first game of Sunday, and I saved this for last because I think there's another debate that goes along with this: the goat debate. Um, mm-hmm. Who is your guys's goat? Is it Brady or is it Rogers or is it none of those? It's definitely not Brady because he would be nowhere where he is without the tuck rule. Another rule that screwed over the Raiders ever. <laughs> um, the GOAT. I mean, people say Montana, but Montana was a system quarterback as well. Like Bill Walsh probably is like Tom Brady. You could have put any quarterback in that system and they would do what they did. Um, I would lean more towards – Rodgers, but I would also say Peyton Manning because the Colts were so bad before they drafted him. Then he came in and he made Marvin like he made Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Dallas Clark who they are now. Like those guys weren't very product not productive, but they weren't very well known players before Peyton came in. And then he came in and Harrison like and him are one of the best duos. And then he went to Denver. And helped them, sadly, win a Super Bowl. Um, Hated to see him do it against the Raiders. But, like, he took that team and created the weapons, like, helped them get better. So I think he should be up there in the GOAT debate. Because in his mind, like, he is all – if you watch, you know, detail and Peyton's places and all that, like, he's got that – that mind of a quarterback and a head coach and, you know, a guru of the game pretty much. Details only on ESPN Plus, right? It is. So anyone listening, you should definitely invest in ESPN Plus because it is fantastic. Um, Virtus, Rogers, Brady, none of the above. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I mean, based on the tro- based on the rings, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tom Brady, but I'm gonna say this about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a quarterback that, for some reason, no matter who's on his team, they play so hard for him, and like later on in the season, like postseason, his team is playing hard for him regardless, because. Um, when they when they played when the Bucks started started their season, I mean they weren't really doing too well. But then it just seems like as the season went on, they just played harder and harder. And last week they played extremely hard. Um, but I feel like Aaron Rodgers is he's a he's a different type of quarterback. I feel like he definitely is able to. I mean they're both able to do quite a bit with what they're given um they're not they don't have like all of these like big name people well at least for Tom Brady right now he does but for the most part it's like they they make they make their team better so regardless of what team that they're on regardless if their team has superstars or not I feel like I make superstars on their teams 
Um, they both have that capability, but I feel like with Aaron Rodgers being able to improvise, um, that kind of gives him a little bit more to bring to the table, I guess. Um, so I would probably say if we're not talking championships and we're just talking about the greatest, I would say Aaron Rodgers. But if we are going to bring that aspect in, then I'll have to say Brady. Mm-hmm. So here's my take in like six words. <laughs> Brady equals Jordan. LeBron equals Rodgers. And anyone who knows me knows who I think is the GOAT. Uh, so there's that. Okay. Also, for anyone who doesn't know me, I think LeBron is the GOAT. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll just leave that there. But... So, of course, this is another week six rematch. Is the NFL rigged? I feel like the NFL is rigged. What a coincidence. Um, But that game wasn't even close. (laughs) Right. So we had Tampa Bay 38, Green Bay 10. Rodgers just looked terrible that game. Uh, Brady didn't look spectacular. Really, it was Ronald Jones that just. He rushed for 113 yards and two touchdowns. So what are we expecting from this game? I mean, Green Bay, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Like you said, they're the most complete team. And Tampa Bay, I heard the stat against the Saints, they only beat three playoff regular seasons. So Mm -hmm. their body of work just isn't there for me to – consistently pick that even though like Virtus and I agree that Antoine Winfield might be the rookie of the year um, and a lot of teams slept on him and they shouldn't have um, he's a beast in that secondary but I just think Green Bay they look impressive they look like they did when Charles Woodson played for him and they won the Super Bowl so I, ho- I, I hope to see a different game than I saw week six because yeah. week six was not a good game for the Packers. Um, I do feel like it's going to be uh, – uh, I feel like it's going to be a really, really good game. Both have defenses that are that are really good. Both have quarterbacks who are um, able to kind of pick defenses. And come down to the run game. Um, because I feel like – each quarterback is going to be able to get their touchdowns passing. Um, but I feel like the real thing that's going to decide will be how many yards um, um, each team has rushing. I feel like the rushing is going to be the deciding factor in that game. Yeah. That makes sense. But I still had the Packers winning. Um, I feel like what they did against the Rams where they had – three different running backs, a committee of running backs rushing. Um, I feel like that definitely um, played a huge factor. Um, with Tampa Bay, I think they had three running backs as well, maybe just two, maybe just um, Jones and Fournette. Um, but I feel like this is where this is where um, the Packers kind of um, assert themselves a little bit more um, in the rushing game. I don't know what I'm looking forward to in this game. 
it's really hard. So I, I'm from Wisconsin. A lot of my friends are Packers fans. They just like make me hate the Packers. <laughs> um, but I also hate Tom Brady. So ideally, <laughs> ideally, both these teams would just like be able to tie, and then the Super Bowl would be the Seahawks and the Chiefs. I don't know really where the Seahawks came in in there, but um, yes. <laughs> um, I what I'm looking forward to in this game. I definitely want to see who outplays who as far as quarterback. Um, this is probably the last. Is this the last time we're gonna see the two quarterbacks face each other? I think on. I, it's the last time you might see Rodgers on the Packers and Brady. Yeah, Brady could leave. Wait, I don't know. He may take. try to stretch his career. That's a take. You think this is the last time we're going to see Rodgers and Green Bay? I think so, because they have Jordan Love now, and it's the same thing they did with Favre and Rodgers, but I think Rodgers is angry with how management handled you know the last few years because the first position player they drafted since they took Rodgers is Jordan Love. They hadn't taken a position player in the first round, like a skill position, since they took him. And the, the next time they do it is a quarterback. So I know he was a little perturbed in the draft, but maybe if they win, he may stick around. But they also haven't done much on the receiver end to help him succeed. Like Devontae Adams is there, and a lot of their other receivers are kind of just guys they pick up mm-hmm. off the waiver wire or whoever. So I think this may be the last time you see Rodgers on the Packers against Brady. Interesting. Okay, wait. That does That does bring up – what I'm interested in seeing. Mike Evans and Jair Alexander. That <laughs> That's going to be a good matchup. Just wait for it. Um, do we think this is going to be a close game? I think it has a higher chance of being a blowout than the 35-28. 35-28. Who wins? Did you already make your pick? Did I just like miss that part? Packers are going to win 35-28 and then the Packers are going to go to the Super Bowl and win and Aaron Rodgers is going to come to the Rams and he's going to replace Jerry Okay, these are ridiculous takes now. (laughs) Hey, at least I didn't claim some random team. Something Something that should be noted. So four of PFF's top five quarterbacks are playing this weekend. Do you guys know who the fifth is? The fifth. Oh, it's probably Russell Wilson. Yeah. No? DC4? It's Deshaun Watson. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, D-Watt. So, it's Deshaun Watson. And I bring that up because, of course, he's wants out of Houston. I only say that because, you know what, Virtus, maybe you guys can get him in us. So – before Burris answers, let me just tell you, this guy's kind of the resident Swami of our no, Three-Headed Goats podcast. He made a couple of predictions on our first episode that came true. So Aaron Rodgers coming to the Rams, maybe Burris is a psychic, but I'll let you know where he Didn't you also Watson's pick going. Ohio State to win the championship? Was that you? <laughs> hey, did I? 
Yeah, you did. <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I did. Uh, that I was did the too. one he got wrong. I did too. The other so NFL good. ones have come true. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Sean Watson and then these four PFFs top five. I'm excited because we're gonna. I think we're gonna see some really good quarterback play this weekend. Um, Definitely. That's what I'm looking forward to. But. Bernice, let her listeners know where you think Deshaun's going. Where is Deshaun going? So. Oh no! He's got a whole quarterback tree with Cam Newton, Deshaun. So all this Cam, Cam is going to go to Cam is going to go to Atlanta. <laughs> Matt Ryan is going Matt Ryan or or um, Matt Stafford is going to go to New England. Deshaun Watson is going to go to. Now I'm hearing the Jets, but I don't know if he's going to go to the Jets. But I feel like he might go to. Uh, you said that, Carolina. Oh, no, Carolina. But I'm not sure if he goes there because they still have Teddy. So he could go to. He might go to the Jets. Miami, if they make that switch, but I don't see them making that switch. But I do feel like. For the Niners fans that are out there, he's not going there because the Niners have to give up Jimmy G, which I'm pretty sure they're more than happy to give up. But they also have to give up Bosa, and I don't see him doing that. Um, See, if anything, I feel like like Miami, I mean, what is it going to cost for Deshaun? Because whatever it costs to it, better is bad. uh, I think a personal. (laughs) Wait, no, but my thing is whatever you're going to offer for Tua, you need to like double it, right? Or for Deshaun. So it would be like Tua, their first round picks, their second round picks. Like it would be so much. And I really think Miami's the only team that has what it's going to take. They are. And the Texans have to get those picks back that Bill O'Brien traded away. Like, they have no good picks in the next five yeah. years. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see where Sean Watson goes. But speaking of quarterbacks, we're going to get into my final segment, which is just a couple fun questions. The first, um, specifically related to quarterbacks. I woke up emotional this morning as I read the news. Uh, but for those who... <coughs> That was such a weird sneeze. Um, (laughs) Who don't know, Philip Rivers officially retired today. Sad day. Uh, Makes sense. It's probably time. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? There's only one correct answer. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to say yes as well. I mean, I will also say yes. I mean, the numbers are just there. Okay, the numbers are there. He the way he, he doesn't talks, have rings, but the numbers and he are there. talks trash like a defender. No other <laughs> man. He talks trash like no other. I absolutely love to see it. He is goaded in my eyes. Phil, I'm gonna miss you. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's see. Let's just talk about your guys's podcast to end it. Where can my listeners find your podcast? Slash you on social medias. Um, oh, wait, Virtus, my nickname. <laughs> oh, 
um, that this is essential. This is like an iconic moment. Today was an iconic <laughs> moment in history because for those most people know, I record on Wednesday. Today was an iconic moment in history because I mean inauguration day. That's true. But it's also iconic because I'm getting a swaggy nickname. Well, <laughs> um, ah. Bertus is thinking, Zach, where can listeners find your podcast? So you can find us on Spotify and now Apple Music. Or not Apple Music. Sorry, that's just a habit. Uh, Spotify and Apple, Three-Headed Goats. Um, you can find me on all social media is ZSIL3. Uh, Twitch is SwaggyZ702. Um, and Virtus is that boy Virtus on all socials. And then Gabe is that guy named Gabriel. And we have the three headed goat official Instagram as well. So give us a follow on there and Twitter. I feel like Gabe needed to be on the pod. Um, we'll get him on. We'll get him on next time. When we have, after we have you on ours, we'll, we'll yeah. get Gabe on, See, on the extra yard. For my but you got to do it during football season. Cause he'll have his, He's a diehard Niner, so all three of you guys can go back and forth with your NFC West division. The elite division. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Virtus, do you have the nickname? Hmm. I was thinking Stina Star, but I don't know. Stina Star. 